Welcome to the Construction User 2.0 from the Association of Union Constructors. In this podcast, we explore the latest labor trends, industry insights, and important issues in the world of construction. Join us for conversations with industry leaders, subject matter experts, and innovative visionaries as we discuss how we are building the world of tomorrow. Welcome back to the Construction User 2.0. Today's guest is Marty Mulcahy. He is the managing editor of the Building Trades and one of the oldest labor union publications in the country. With over 45,000 monthly readers, Marty and the Building Tradesman is the go-to source for union labor news in Michigan and the Great Lakes region. To help us stay up to date on everything union labor, please welcome to the podcast, Marty Mulcahy. We always try to start with something a little bit fun. So totally off the off the subject of anything else, what is the last song you had stuck in your head? Like couldn't get free of it walking down the street humming it? How about uh, Rome If You Want To by the B-52s? You know, that's a that's a remarkably good answer. I uh, I can think of much worse things to have stuck in my head than Rome If You Want To. Oh, it's a great song. It's a good it's a good era of music, really. Mm-hmm. I'm a little older, so uh, maybe uh, maybe that's my reference point. No, that was that was that was certainly a younger era. I was around for it, but I was I was certainly young and uh, in young younger school, middle school when that came out. But so tell me a little bit about you know how you came to the building tradesman. What is what's a little bit of your background? How did you come to where you are? Well, I uh, went to Wayne State University back in the '80s and graduated and was looking for work, and I answered a classified ad in the uh, one of the local newspapers nobody does that anymore and found a job uh, at a local newspaper in the down river detroit area and after two and a half years there i answered another classified ad here at the uh, uh, detroit building trades council which was what, what it was then and for looking for a staff writer for their local publication and i was hired from among a number of uh, people who applied so i've uh, that was back in the 80s when prior to anything internet uh, internet considerations or anything like that. And we, uh, uh, so I started uh, back and uh, it's kind of coming up on 34 years now. That's amazing. I mean, no, and just reading a little bit about the Building Tradesman is one of the oldest union publications and it has a huge subscription and you guys do a really great job with the information you have, you know, coming out on a really regular basis every other week. Yeah, it's uh, and, and it's a fairly limited staff of myself and uh, Joe Hoshaw is my uh, our advertising director and who works on a part-time basis. And, but it basically, I put together the entire paper in terms of the editorial and uh, the photos and so forth for the most part, or at least acquiring the photos. And we use some a new service or two to, uh, to help with the editorial. But uh, it is a lot of, it's, it's a quite a bit of work. Uh, there, it's a very broad industry. It can, can you know, can contain so many things with safety and Health, health issues and uh, work opportunities and features. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's just a gamut of things that are out there to cover. And uh, but it, it, political things. It's been a very interesting and educational. Every every time we uh, go to a new publication, you kind of learn something different because something new is always coming out. So it's a very interesting field that I've been in uh, doing this, and I've really enjoyed it over the years. Has it always been, you know, kind of a two, three person staff? Has it always been relatively small? Well, we used to be published every week back until the early 90s when budget cuts started hitting everybody and they decided they could use, a, preferred to use a every, every other week paper instead of an every week paper. Back in the 50s, when our paper started back in 1952, it was very much a, uh, 
they really depended on its use and they, they appreciated the fact that it came out every other every week. But that became a, a, an expensive proposition doing the mailing and doing the printing uh, every week. So uh, out came the every other week back and it's been 30 years now. So that's it seems to be a pretty good sweet spot for us in terms of uh, regularity. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, being there, you know, as, as long as you have and seeing everything, you know, have to your your finger on the pulse of a lot of things and seeing a lot of the the just the world of construction and and maintenance in kind of a, a very broad, interesting view. How is that to see from your angle? Well, I have come to really enjoy construction as a uh, as a topic and as something to, to look at and, and, and visiting construction sites uh, has just fascinating to me. It's been a going to places, the opportunities that I've had to go to and the things that I've been able to see that, you know, you don't, not everybody gets to, it gets an opportunity to see things as they, they're being built. I've enjoyed the opportunity to do that. And it's been a, uh, it's been, I hate to use the word fun, but it's been, it's been an enjoyable experience. It's seeing things go up is a, uh, is a something that the construction workers themselves talk to their kids about and talk to their families about about going home and you know I, and when something is built hey i i had a hand in building that i i built that wall or if you you know that roof that 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 building is dry because i put the roof on it or you know anything like that so i kind of get a not not being from the construction industry myself but with a journalism background rather than a, a construction background uh, I kind of get the same feeling from uh, visiting a construction site, uh, if, if only for the opportunity to visit it while it's going up. Although I don't have an opportunity to do any of the building, it does give me an opportunity to report on what's going on and kind of highlight some of the work that that people are doing. No, I, I love that. I heard this interesting uh, kind of anecdote story, children's tale a while back, you know, a, uh, a tradesman, a foreman, and an architect can all stand on the side of the road and look to a building and say, I built that, and all of them are telling the truth, but they had a very different role. And I can, you know, being a, to be a part of it through the journalism side of it is, an, is another, just a very important kind of interesting perspective to have. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's definitely unique because there are, there Construction journalism is a uh, is a fairly limited area of sphere of influence for you know there's a, there's a few major publications there's a more minor publications and there are probably even less union publications that uh, concentrate on construction than the rest of those combined so it's a it's a small area but it's for the people who do the work I think they appreciate being their work being highlighted in a publication and being able to you know not only to tell somebody as they drive by a, a building that they, that was built hey i built that but you can also uh if their picture gets in the paper they can also say hey my you know the the, the trades paper finally came around and uh, i've been i've been doing this for 30 years and and i finally get my picture in the paper so it's 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 nice to be able to highlight the work of individual tradesmen the amazing job as well. Like I've been, I've been looking through some of the past issues, and it's a, it's a very, it's a great paper. I'm excited to have uh, come across it. So I want to ask, 
labor in general seems to be on the front page of a lot of papers, not just labor papers. I mean, lots of people, everything from the writer's strike in Hollywood and the Teamsters, the New Deal with them and UPS. And how does all of this increased attention help or hurt the construction or other industries? I mean, is all press good or are you seeing any? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, you're right in the fact that there's been a, uh, this was, uh, the, some colleagues have termed this a, a the summer of strikes, of which hasn't quite come to fruition with the Teamsters and UPS settling. And, um, but things going on with Amazon, there's quite a bit of labor strife going on there with Starbucks. So there, there's, and uh, in, in other places uh, with, with people just walking out. And so it's been a bit of a upheaval within the uh, worker community, but perhaps not so much on a level I've seen decades ago, back in the maybe the 50s or 60s or 70s, you know, when strikes uh, were much more prevalent. Strikes themselves are, uh, they're on the upswing a little bit, but they're not nearly as, as, as big as they were 30, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. And then the construction industry, Strikes are a, a very much a rarity. Uh, there seems, I mean, over the past few, even few decades, there's a lot less militancy within the construction industry on, uh, on the part of unions. Uh, and that's not just in Michigan, it's really nationwide. There, there, there are strikes and they're mostly on a limited basis with individual crafts, but, the, uh, but there's been a limited uh, a number of them. And I think a good part of that is because uh, there's really been a big focus on uh, on labor management relations, and I think both uh, uh, both sides. And in fact, if you want to consider the owners as well, the owner contractor union community community, I think everyone there's been much more of a focus in those communities on uh, coming together and making agreements that are fair and really helping uh, foster a better contract negotiation environment and uh, and I think it's really made it so that construction labor unions might not be so liable to have a, a strike summer so to speak as uh, as people in other businesses who might feel they're not being as treated as well so that tripartite relationship those three legs of the stool are really coming together and, and you can really see and feel that from a, from a management standpoint absolutely yeah that's uh, that's been one of the since I've been around, that has just only become more of a powerful force within this industry, the labor, the uh, contractors and the owners, all taking a very active role in, uh, uh, in negotiations, perhaps less negotiations than you know with the owners, but I think they all have a vested interest in, in making projects work and advancing the industry. Owners aren't going to get their projects built these days if 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 contractors aren't out looking for workers in a uh, in a proactive way, and if they're not if construction workers aren't being paid well, then they're not going to be able to attract attract people to the industry. And in fact, uh, uh, that's it's one of the major concerns going on within the industry is uh, you know attracting personnel. But but so everybody has a all three. The legs of that stool do have a vested interest, and it's only you know gotten more focus, I think, over the years. No, that's that's awesome. Great partners make a difference in any industry, but ours are the best. So let's take a moment for the Milwaukee Minute. Milwaukee Tool is dedicated to providing a full range of trade-focused solutions that increase confidence and productivity on the job site. 
One example of that commitment is OneKey, our connectivity platform that puts job site management into your hands, allowing you to track what matters through the industry's largest Bluetooth tracking community. This purpose-built tracking hardware and software gives you the ability to customize, track, and manage your tool inventory, fundamentally changing the way you interact with your tools. Together, the OneKey app and the IoT Connected Power Tools deliver superior task-specific power, precision, quality, and repeatability to help you and your crew work smarter. The free app grows with your business, addressing inventory pain points, increasing productivity, and decreasing downtime. Learn more about the OneKey platform at onekey.milwaukeetool.com. So, I mean, besides those, you know, kind of high-profile cases and the things we're talking about, like you said, there's a lot of things going on in the news, but it isn't really related to the construction industry as much because we have those relationships and those are more of a rarity in this industry. So what are the other stories that listeners should be aware of? What are the things going on in the building trades that are a little bit more pressing and to the front? Well, these days, I can say that construction workers uh, are probably, well, maybe not workers themselves, but the, 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 attraction, the attraction of workers to the industry is probably the most important uh, long-term concern of a lot of people. There are a lot of people retiring. A lot of us baby boomers are going off into the sunset and they are very concerned with uh, who's going to be the next generation of people. So they're really out there trying to uh, hit the high schools and whatever other places they can find people to where they're uh, coming up to try to convince them, uh, whether it's other types of trade schools, whether it's non-union job sites they're they're looking for people to to fill these slots so that these projects can get built and there are a lot of projects out there to be built that i i think the the attraction and uh and looking for people to the industry is really uh is, is perhaps the biggest thing that you see in the news these days both on uh, you know and even in the media they have all types of we're, we're putting out there the uh all the uh the high school summer there's a summer camp going up in the UP, uh, upper peninsula of michigan for example they've got uh, a lot of uh, uh, kids up there going to just out of high school or in high school learning about things like electrical work and iron work and, uh, uh, and plumbing and uh, learning learning the trade a little bit for a few weeks during the summer and uh, that exposure is they're just trying to expose kids to the to the industry and i think that's part of some of what the mainstream media is also looking at no that that uh labor supply is definitely on the on the front of a, a lot of people's minds and it, that seems to be a, a big thing is that our biggest battle or are there are there other battles that we you know aren't as much talking about that that may be coming down are there other things that we should know about well i don't know about battles i think that maybe the number one issue is retention and attraction of uh, of tradespeople to the industry. You know, the, the the other things that are really important to the trades, the safety issues are, in, to, to my eye, uh, they're almost being taken care of by the the those aforementioned contractors and owners for the most part. I mean, I, you can't say that for every project, but the but the the intense interest in safety on the part of contractors and on the part of owners who are who are making those issues really part of uh, ingrained in their philosophies that's uh, that's an important something that you saw decades ago where construction fatalities and injuries those rates are coming down and it's because 
of the uh, intense focus on on safety and training and and having these this convers these conversations at job sites about you know uh, you see the slogans all around that unsafe work will not be tolerated and things of that nature so it, that's a uh, that's a real something important to get out of the way if you will for because everybody wants to be able to go home at the end of the day and see their family and, and not be a statistic so in terms of things that construction workers would like people to know about or the construction industry might want the greater public to know about is I think the safety issues and the uh, in the workforce issues are uh, are uh, in a in larger way getting taken care of there are probably some other areas like uh, road work who the that, that's a this is such a broad industry in construction and road workers would like you to I, I just drove by a, a road site uh, a work site yesterday and there's a there's a flagger putting his hands up and down telling drivers to slow down I, you know that was instead he held up the slow sign and was physically telling everybody to slow down and I'd never seen that before and I thought that was a kind of if you're going to be looking at something where construction something construct the construction industry is concerned about these little smaller areas of the business the road work that's going to be a constant uh, constant worry so but the safety overall i think is really headed in the right direction that's awesome so one of our previous guests on the show was Senator John Cherry, and he came in to talk about all the, you know, the labor legislation, you know, specifically in Michigan and the work being done uh, with the workers in Lansing and Washington, D.C. Are the legislative gains we've seen under that, you know, that current administration looking good for the future or are we going? What do you think the climate there is? Are we going to slide, keep moving forward? Is What's the kind of administrative climate about labor laws? Well, Michigan is, uh, as you may know, it, it was... Uh, the, the legislature, the House and the Senate flipped from uh, Republican control to Democratic control. And the governor has been the Democrat for the last, uh, Democratic Governor Whitmer has been the, the uh, governor during that time and remains so today. So it's a, it's a Democrat control for the first time in uh, Lansing for the, since the early 80s. So there's been a uh, sea change in the laws that have been adopted, uh, although labor, I think, might want uh, things to move a little bit quicker uh, and, and a few select issues. But for the most part, the repeal of the prevailing uh, uh, repeal of right to work in Michigan and the reimplementation of prevailing wage were both uh, major. The, the big two have already been uh, have been uh, flipped for for organized labor. The, the, there's no more right to work law in Michigan, and and for the construction industry, we have a prevailing wage law to work with again. So uh, there's still time left in the legislature. They've got another year and a half be, uh, of uh, control by the Democrats and more pro labor and pro pro, pro worker uh, legislators. So there's probably some other things on the agenda for that will be pushed for by organized labor, including. Uh, a 20 week, week, we're at 20 weeks of uh, jobless insurance that was lowered from 26 weeks back uh, 15 or 20 years ago by the by a GOP legislature. Michigan was the first state to to have their unemployment uh, weeks uh, benefit weeks shortened, and that's going to be one of the uh, one of the things that they're going to be looking at. I'm sure some changes in the workers' compensation laws might uh, might be on the on the agenda, pushed by organized labor. 
and there's there'll be might be some other licensing and regulation things uh, that are uh, going to be looked at too that uh, were changed over the years and and I think that uh, labor is going to be pushing to do some of the the t uh, B tier things besides prevailing wage and right to work they're going to be pushing some other things to get done uh, while they still have the control uh, in Lansing and I mean obviously no one has a crystal ball. But, you know, if they push these things through in a year and a half, is it looking like it is going to stay Democrat or do you think it might go back? If it goes back, do you think we'll lose some of those advancements or what? what is the climate? Is How is this being a lot of this being received? Well, there's uh, a matter of two uh, lawmakers who have run for lo Democratic lawmakers who have run for local office in Michigan, and they both are advanced in the primary the other day. So there's a good chance, or at least somewhat of a chance, that there could be a 56-56 tie in the House, which would um, create a shared power situation. And that's there's a few question marks about what would happen then if both of those legislators won local office and left the legislature. And then there would be a period before the governor could call a special election for replacing them. But long term, it's it, there's a, I think most people ex expect that for the next uh, year and a half, it's going to be a legislature that's run by more pro-worker, pro-labor Democrats. And uh, so, I, so I think the expectation is that that's going to be what happens. But one never knows when there's such a razor thin margin in the legislature. You never know what's going to, uh, there's illness, there's uh, uh, auto accidents. You just never know when, when you're dealing with folks uh, in the legislature. You know, anything can happen to, to when you have such a thin margin of uh, a majority in the House, and both the House and the Senate. No, it's it's really the, the the weather can change quickly with a lot of different factors. So I, I definitely, you know, hear that. So, I mean, your job, like we talked at the beginning, you put out a paper every two weeks covering labor stories for all, you know, union construction across Michigan. You know, you have 45,000 readers staying up on important labor stories. How do you stay current on the industry? What what uh, what determines what gets the the column inches and the pages? What how do you how do you stay ahead of that? Well, the political environment uh, has been a source of a tremendous amount of fodder over the past six months. It's less so now that the legislature is out for summer, but it's, for the example, the first six months, I mean, we just, uh, there was, it, it was shocking how much, it was shocking to have uh, a pro-labor labor legislature in there with the Democrats taking control for the first time in 40 years. And when having done that, the amount of changes that were uh, that were and potential changes that have been bandied about what made for a, a quite a bit of information uh, available to to report on and you know including the right to work uh, uh, repeal and the, and the and the effects of having a prevailing wage back and back in play so the the political realm has been a great source of information the work itself has been the, the the jobs that are out there themselves have been really a good, a good source of information as well. There's just Michigan has been a and we're a statewide publication. Michigan has just been a uh, one of the leaders among the states in uh, in construction activity and adding new construction workers over the past uh, couple of years uh, because of the amount of work that's going on. So um, between the political environment and um, the work itself, uh, some of the those are some of the things that really have brought about the, the 
given me ideas for articles and, and, and photos and things like that. And that's kind of driven a lot of the information that's gotten to the paper. Awesome. Would you have any recommendations to, you know, all the listeners, all the people in construction trying to make sure that they are any recommendations how to how to filter that, how to stay on top of what's important and what's not to what's what's coming down the pipe and what's not that important to to pay attention to? Any recommendations there? Well, everybody has their own preferred source of, of information. We uh, when it comes to filtering things, people I, I've. I often say, you know, with a with a union construction newspaper, you're going to be having your information filtered through a union constru- construction lens. So there's there's obviously everybody has a, a different filter on uh, uh, there's with with both mainstream media. There's also you know secular stuff with with all sorts of social issues and things like that. And uh, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that what you see in the building tradesman paper is a is an unvarnished clean truth of of, of 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 construction information. What I'm telling you is that it's it's viewed through a uh, a union construction lens, and what's important to to the health, safety, and uh, uh, well-being and financial well-being of our of our members. So it's not necessarily going to be a a hundred percent straight up. Uh, information, but you know, if you if you you want religion, religious information, you go to maybe you go to a church paper. If you want information on uh, gun rights, well, go to your National Rifle Association publication or meeting or anything like that. You want union-oriented news from the building trades perspective, then you know you might you, you get the building tradesman in your mailbox every other week, and and it's uh, it's all there for you if you want want to read it. No, that is very true and, and awesome to uh, to have gotten to have this conversation with you. I really just appreciate you having the time. Again, I think uh, what you are doing out there with the with you know with your publication is just fantastic, and I'm I'm excited to uh, to have found it. And thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I'm glad to do it. I'm, uh, I appreciate the work that you folks at the TAUC TAUC do, and uh, I'm a, I'm an avid uh, listener, and I uh, wish you continued success. Thank you so much for your time. You've just listened to the Construction User 2.0 podcast from the Association of Union Constructors. Don't forget to subscribe to get all future episodes of what is going on and what is current in the union construction and maintenance industry. 